Welcome to Critical Hit, a major spoilers podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for checking us out this week. This week, another GM, D&D Brian. Hello, Brian. Hello. You have a game for us. Yes. And uh, what 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 are we going to be playing this week? What are we? Uh, what we're playing? I'm playing this week is Panic at the Dojo. Now, a lot of people have been asking for Panic at the Dojo over in our Patreon Discord server. So for those of you who are not patrons, uh, now is a perfect time to sign up and become a patron. You get access to uh, exclusive patron-only Discord channels where people go in and they're like, hey, did you guys ever consider playing this game? Or, um, you know, you can find out what we're doing a couple of weeks in advance. And I have seen Panic at the Dojo pop up a lot in the RPG discussion group as well as the patron critical hit uh, channels. What is it about uh, Panic at the Dojo that so many people are interested in? <laughs> well, uh, it's an interesting uh, mechanical concept game. It is a very tactically focused, combat-oriented kind of tabletop RPG. Uh, so, you know, if you're into that, if you're someone who misses that particular focus of fourth edition, this really might scratch the itch for you there. It really kind of... Uh, narrows down and focuses upon that particular aspect of play above all else. Uh, it is a uh, kind of a Kung Fu shonen themed, uh, high action, high, uh, power kind of game. High Kiba. Yes. So what do we need to know about panic at the dojo? We know it's tactical based, crazy Kung Fu Saturday morning, Jackie Chan adventures type stuff. Yeah. Um, what what do we need to know about the mechanics of this game? Because as I read through the manual, to me, it felt a little bit like Street Masters where, you know, you gain tokens and then you can use these tokens to power up your damages, you know, your your skills that you're going to use the attack the, the other team. Is that kind of how this game works or maybe explain a little yeah. bit more uh, how this how the system works? Yeah, that's pretty much uh, the broad strokes uh basically each character each player character has three stances that they'll be selecting uh so that'll basically give them uh, abilities that they can perform in addition to the standard basic actions and uh a range of how far they can use the abilities and probably most importantly uh, their dice pool uh, that they'll be rolling and with that they'll get the values that they can spend to activate different abilities depending on what stance uh, in addition to the basic actions uh generally the idea is to reduce your opponent to zero hp or get them all thrown off the map within the same time mm, okay and so is there a lot of role play then in this or is this pretty much just let's get right into combat I think you can uh, do it either way. Uh, the mechanics outside of combat are kept very minimal. Mm. Uh, basically, uh, yeah, if you're doing what's effectively a skill challenge in this particular system, you have to largely uh, determine what uh, uh, basically it, what skill that you have that would be applicable to the situation. And uh, basically, if you have one that fits then hey then you succeed if not then you fell com uh, you know comically yeah and then <laughs> largely uh that just kind of determines whether or not you're going to be ambushed in the upcoming fight or not okay so one of the things that and brian did a lot of uh and rodrigo feel free to jump in on this uh section uh 
Brian did a lot of pre-warm-up for us, like three or four days before. He's like, hey, guys, start thinking about your your archetypes. And there are all sorts of of different ones in here. You can be like a punk. You can be a um, a teacher. You can be an angel. Uh, you can do all of these things. And then those kind of set you up for how your character is going to be. So, you know, it's not like someone's playing an orc or someone is playing a, a wizard or anything like that, but that's kind of what these archetypes are like. Yeah. Uh, they generally give you a general theme or concept or, you know, mechanical uh, niche that your character is going for within that archetype. Uh, however, characters are not bound by a single archetype. They can choose their, uh, I forget if it's forms or styles fused? of the archetype. Is it a fused fused style? Is that what it is? Yeah, you can choose, uh, you know, from two different archetypes if you'd like and make a fused character. Or you can make, uh, interestingly, a frantic character, which I really kind of dissuaded this group from doing. And in fact, I think pretty much almost all of them have chosen uh, uh, focused, focused characters. Style. Yeah. 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 Uh, seems like a good place to start. Yeah, because if you're frantic, you don't actually have uh, three set stances. You instead have three styles and three forms that every round you select. But yeah, if you, have, yeah, you have to change them every turn too. You yeah. can't stay in the same one. Yeah. Okay. So what what archetype did everybody choose? I went with punk. Matthew, what did you choose? Uh, if I understand it correctly, I went with cyborg. Okay. Yes. That is uh, my archetype. Yeah. Rodrigo, what did you do? Correct. Uh, demon. Ooh, a demon. And then, uh, Brad will is back with us this week. Brad, what, who did you choose as your archetype? My archetype is war dancer. Oh, nice. And then, uh, Rob, did you, did you pick an archetype? I think that's the only thing I did. Okay. <laughs> and what, what did you pick? Do you remember? Uh, is that the schemer? There are so many different emails in my inbox that say panic at the dojo. Right now. I can't find anything. <laughs> well, well, it's panic. Panic. It's panic I mean, time. Uh, Schemer, that's actually uh, a separate uh, pick from all those others. That's a build ability. That's basically an ability you get no matter what. Yeah. Uh, no matter which stance you're in. Basically, uh, so beyond that, there, as you mentioned, there's the several archetypes. Uh, I forgot which ones I maybe suggested. Uh, probably Trickster. Uh, for the traps uh, or flame uh, tongue for the uh-huh. yeah. oh no yeah flame tongue burn. there's a lot of traps or and burn yeah I, re- I remember seeing an email about that but again i have 40 emails that say panic at the dojo <laughs> well and the other thing too that, that you know originally when i sat down and to look at the archetypes i was like ooh, i kind of want to go with this type and then i was like um, each of these archetypes have complexity levels, uh, mm-hmm. from one to three. And so the more complex the character is, the more stuff is happening. And so originally I backed off from a, uh, complexity level of three down to the punk, which is just complexity level of one, because learning a new system, I was just not ready to deal with all of that extra stuff. Um, not, uh, yeah, I think I was going with the underdog originally and, and that was yeah. a complexity of three. Yeah. And I actually, I went against my better judgment. There's actually a standing rule when Rodrigo was running critical hit of, 
uh, don't let Matthew pick if then powers that only work sometimes. <laughs> and um, when I looked at this, I actually chose the archetype that thematically works with what I want to do, but it's going to force me to do if then powers. So I feel like this is a real chance for me to stretch my my game playing legs, and also Brian's going to help me a lot. Sure. <laughs> yeah, build that build that flow chart. So I guess the first thing, Rob, is you need to pick an archetype uh, in yeah. your character. And with that, you do get, so then that we come up to this, this idea of the game wants you to create stances and every character gets three stances. Um, not Ray. Ray is not a stance that you can have. Um, but you, you pick, um, <laughs> your stances are based on a style and a form. And so you go through these lists and they have a whole section of styles and forms. And so you can choose kind of as uh, Rob, you may look, I don't know if you're going for trickster or who you're going at, but if you look under that, you'll find a bunch of styles that you can choose from. And depending on the character, there may be three, there may be four, uh, there may be more than that. Uh, but like, for example, uh, let me see if I can find mine really quick. All the, all the options under the, the, mm. the punk setting. So under that, we had like a bleeding, there was a bleeding style, a brawling style, a flashy style, a knockdown style, and a taunting style. So you pick like three of those, and then you merge those with uh, three different forms. And so then you have to go into a whole other chapter. I think right. it's chapter four. I think uh, there where are you 12 go in, basic forms. Yeah. So you get things like um, Blaster and Wild and Zen. Those are the... Um, the forms that I chose. So I ended up, and then you mix them with your three styles. So I ended up with a bleeding blaster, a brawling wild and a knockdown Zen, um, stance, uh, stances for my character that I will then use in the game. And that's the, I think that that is probably the part that for me took, uh, probably the longest time because you have to kind of read through all the forms to figure out, okay, what yeah. does this form do? What is it best at? Does it match with the character that I want to do? Uh, I probably could have gone with an iron form at some point, but I was like, no, I want to, my character, I want it to be a tank and absorb damage and then return that damage to the character. So I was, you know, kind of looking at those, those things and seeing which ones matched up because, you know, instead of being a bleeding blaster, I could have been a, a, a knockdown blaster, uh, just depending yeah. on how that is. So that does give you, I think, Rodrigo, a lot of variety from simple archetypes and, you know, limited uh, styles and forms that the, that the manual gives you. Right. And uh, the, the three different types that you can have, so focused, fused, or frantic, right. um, get, like, open that up even more, right? I ended up as a focused demon, but I was going to go fused demon underdog. Uh, mm -hmm. But then I didn't know what all everybody was doing. You know, we were all kind of like shooting emails back and forth at the same time. So I was like, well, if I focus, then that leaves more options open to everybody else. Um, so Demon has plenty of plenty of stuff to look at. Um, and, you know, the, the same forms are available to everybody. So mm -hmm. we're probably going to see a couple of, you know, something powers. Or, you know, something blasters, you, right. yeah. you know, stuff like that's going to come up. Yeah, something yeah. dancers. Yeah, I mean, uh, Brian, what, oh, go ahead, Brian. I was just going to say, there's going to have to be overlap uh, with the uh, forms since there is only the 12 and, you know, five uh, players having three of each. 
Right. Yeah. So, yeah. That's literally, literally yeah, more me. than there are. <laughs> yeah. So the, so, so Rob, you might want to go through and look in, and see under your, uh, under your character, what are some of the, the styles that you, that you're interested in? I'm trying, uh, but yeah, I need to ask some questions. Yeah, go ahead. Ask, yeah, ask away. We'll help you build your character. So much in this. Uh, and the fact that we're supposed to pick an archetype first, but the forms are before the archetypes. I know that's so well, I kind of had, uh, so let me just say this. I kind of had a little problem with the way the manual is structured. Of course, I also had the same problem with, um, uh, Brad's game that we did over there on the Patreon page, the, um, shadow of the demon Lord. I didn't like the way that manual was laid out either. So this one does, I think the way Brian walked us through it in the emails, let's, let's pick your archetype first and then choose your other stuff. I think worked out really well. And I kind of wish the book had kind of done it that way as well, instead of starting with the glossary and then jumping us into, well, here's what a form is. Here's what a style is. Oh, here's the archetype. book is written from the perspective of someone who already has a character sheet in their hand. And you know what you're looking for and you're looking for the explanation. So you get like 80 pages in before you actually get to character generation. But, you know, if you remember the old days of Dungeons and Dragons uphill both ways, it was kind of the same, you know, sort of thing. Back in the AD&D days, you were just all over the place trying to find what you needed to do with the assumption that somebody in the group is going to be expert enough to remind you the order that it needs to go in which is why they don't play AD&D anymore. Yeah. I mean, I definitely had a bit of uh, difficulty grokking the system when I first jumped into it when I picked up the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's largely why I really tried to go through the whole walkthrough process of and these, basically the suggested order that I uh, stuck people mm-hmm. through. No, I, I agree. I, I think that worked really well. Now, the thing that helped me because I was like, okay, I have these these forms and these styles, how do I mix them together? What am I, what is it supposed to look like now? Fortunately, the back of the book does have a bunch of sample characters. And so I just looked at it and I said, Oh, I'm going to build a, a, um, spreadsheet document that I just fill the cells in very similar to the way the other cells are and just copy and paste from the manual into those sections. And I ended up with basically three pages. One page is each of my uh, stances that I'll use throughout the game. So that's my second question. Is there a reasonable character sheet somewhere? No, there's not. No. And I, okay. that was like my first question to Brian <laughs> when I do- dove into the manual. I was, Brian, is there a character sheet somewhere? He's like, no, unfortunately, no. And then, there's then not. Like 10 minutes later, Matthew responded to his email going, is there a character sheet anywhere that we can yeah. fill in? What it is I a- actually did was I took Steven's sheet and <laughs> reverse engineered it and just copy pasted it over. And yeah. it, you know, it worked pretty well for me. So you may want to look at that, Rob, because if you read, you know, if you work with Brian's email information, obviously you're not going to be able to do this all over talking to you. And then reverse engineer to, to Steven's character sheet. It's actually pretty simple to try and put it all together. Steven has actually made, I don't know, it, it's not a traditional character sheet, but he's made kind of a flow chart like spreadsheet thing that works. Well, like power cards. I look at these like power cards that you might find yeah. in another game. Brad, what did you use for your character sheet? Did you do something different? I, yeah, I just kind of copied. I took what you did and just made a three-column oh, okay. table. So everybody just copied what I did, and I copied from the... <laughs> There's the a reason episode. why you're the leader, my friend. On on page 123 of the manual, Rob, there is a hero creation checklist, and it runs you through pretty much the same stuff that Brian did. Uh, choose your archetype, 
um, choose your stances, you know, pick a style and then pick a form. And the styles all come from your archetype. So if you're in your archetype section, are you going with trickster? Is that what you're going with? Okay. So I need to, so all, all I know is that I wanted to be a schemer, which was. I that place traps. Yeah. But like, I, I don't even know what, like, that's not an archetype. No, what is that? that's, that's just an ability. Uh, you basically have to start or end of your turn. I believe you get to place a trap. Uh, okay. That's where completely that? divorced. Let's see. Shadow form is frustratingly effective, letting you teleport away from enemy attacks while leaving smoke and traps behind you. No, that's not what he means. It's page uh, on. It's one twenty nine on the document, one twenty six on the actual book. Uh, these are builds, so he's oh, talking I about see. the scheming build. Oh, scheming build. Okay. Thank you, Rodrigo. Scheming yep. build. Okay. Yeah, that's. You place one trap into an adjacent space. So that, like I say, is just a additional ability that you get that is completely divorced from any other options. So uh, basically, I just kind of chose that just because I was thinking that that would help or chose. I suggested that people choose that first because I thought that might focus them as to what kind of character they'd want to be. Okay. So what archetypes do we have so far? Uh, we have the demon, uh, the war dancer, the, the punk, the cat man, the star. No, wait, that's kiss. Yes. Uh, what was it? Demon, war dancer, cyborg. punk, and cyborg. Yeah. Attorneys so, at law. A combo warrior, an aggressive monster, an aggressive tank, and a rushdown brawler. Cyborg. So we don't have any. Supporting Tricks type, we do not. Do we have and we have neither a support nor a tank, do we? No, uh, punk yeah. is a tank. Punk is a tank. Oh, an aggressive tank. Mm -hmm. Never mind. These Wait, these combo like two tank? different things. I think, uh, yeah, cyborg could probably also be a tank, especially with their ability to just turn. I don't know if you took that power to turn tokens into other tokens. I definitely yeah, that, took that because I saw that and went, holy crap, I'll need that. Yeah, you can because I'm bad at things. Someone uh gives a bunch of burn tokens to you, you can say, Nope, these are power tokens now. Yep. Or iron. Oh, so if I go with flame tongue, which does a lot of burning tokens, I can set Matthew on fire and it's not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been I, a bad thing for a while. I keep, you hmm. know, writing it into the character. <laughs> this is this is how Rob can set me on fire and have it not be bad. You know, any any direction is a valid one for character creation. Wherever you get your inspiration from. That's right. That might be an option. And they also place a lot of traps, at least certain uh styles certain. do. Okay. Like there's one that like as you move you can place traps. Ooh. Let me highlight. Yeah, I think that's the we just go over the list? power. Okay. Uh, I think I'll go ahead and go with the flame tongue. Okay. Uh, the other one that sounds fun would be the phantom, but I like setting Matthew on fire. So <laughs> 76. There, flame tongue. Okay. Want to watch the world burn? Sounds good. Sony archetype. Okay. I'll just move tokens easily. The angels, the cyber, power, and the trickster's ability can turn your blister and heat into your own strength. 
Oh, good. Okay. And uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, one of the reasons why there's not really a character sheet for this game is that there's not really any traditional stats like most RPGs would have. It's just all abilities, and some of the things are formatted differently, so it's hard to have a concrete unified thing. Yeah, and all, and that goes into the question of hit points because um, you don't have traditional hit points. Um, you have hit points based on the combat that you're in. Yeah, like how uh, dire or uh, how much significance story wise a fight has. Yeah, so if you're just dealing how many... with a bunch of like nobodies, maximum hit points for your your character is only four. But if you're going up against a boss monster, those hit points go up to twelve. Well, for and that and the other thing is that, you know, playing games like D&D, playing games like World of Darkness, we take character sheets for granted because mm-hmm. larger studios have someone to design character sheets from them, right? It's like, here's a person or a team that designed a game and designing a character character sheet that makes sense within that game is actually a different skill set. So a lot of these indie games don't have character sheets. Yep. So, Rob, if you scroll down, you'll see all of your styles. So, for yep. you've got a burning style, an explosive style. Ocean, Inferno, yeah. Phoenix, and Volcanic. Yep. So, you get to pick three of those. Animal Mechanic? Phoenix. Whenever you would take damage from burning tokens or from traps, you heal that much damage. Oh. <laughs> uh, we'll go with the Phoenix style. Yeah, but don't know if there's actually any abilities that specifically... Rules as written let you give burning tokens to allies. Pretty sure they all I say mean, enemies, but we could... Cleansing fire, choose two. Give a burning token to someone within range. Okay, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you can uh, an ally within range or place a trap within range. That's actually something that's very nice about this game. Like, it's, like it seems to be pretty tight in its wording. Like... Just the wording for throws, it's like, oh, does this say I can throw enemies but not allies? It's like, no, you can throw stuff. Yeah. Let's see. Volcanic. After you spin speed tokens on free movement, you may place a trap in each space you exit. Ah. How do I get speed tokens? Uh, You spin dice. Uh, One of your basic actions is to uh, spend a number or spend a die value and you get that many speed tokens. Okay. Inferno style. At the end of your turn, after your burning tokens have already triggered, you gain three burning tokens. Ooh. That combos with Phoenix really well. Uh, after an enemy deals damage to you with an action, you may give them all of your burning tokens. <laughs> you should have the basic actions up in roll 20 now. Oh, nice. They're also like the last page of the book. Explosion style and burning style. After you do damage to an enemy, you push that enemy one space and you destroy an obstacle, replace it with an edge. What's an edge? Uh, edge is basically a way that you can eliminate characters. Just if, uh, battle map kind of thing. Yeah, as long oh, okay. as, as there's any other characters on their team, they can just come back in at the start of their turn. But if you remove every all enemies from the board, then you win. It's another weird concept in this game. I think I like explosion style. I get to go kaboom. Do I want to place traps running around? Or do I want to just give extra burning tokens? 
one thing to consider is mobility. Another thing the the game uh, or the book talks about is um, having some sort of like emergency stance, basically, where it like heals you up and allows you to move or uh, away from from danger. It sounds like you already have you started out with your healing one. Yep. Um. So you might you might want to consider an either an up close one, or you know basically look at what you already have, and then see if you want to uh, radiate out from that, or if you want to you know be more specific. Yeah. So. Yeah, Phoenix style is a range one, uh, but it is also my healing one. Explosion yeah. style is two to four. Uh. So I've got both my up close and my out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that in mind, uh, Inferno style or Volcanic style would be that nice middle ground on both of those. Tokens have already triggered. You gain burn tokens. When enemies deal damage to me, they get my burn tokens. So I can set myself on fire, or I can run around setting everything on fire. I like setting friendlies on fire. We'll go with Inferno style. Uh, all right. So I've got my three styles: Phoenix, Explosion, and Inferno. Yeah, you might um, also end up changing those when you start looking at the forms if you yeah. see like a combo there or something. So now go into the form section, which is the chapter before this one, chapter four. Well, actually, I'd probably stick here because uh, if you look below each style, there is suggestions or notes on what or how right. certain forms combo with the style that might be the easiest way to mm-hmm. pick and that is one thing i really like about this game uh although i probably would have laid out the book in a different order like what information they have about you know how different mechanics interact is very nice that so they do have them there and often uh repeat information so it's readily yeah. accessible yeah very often in in books like this like there is a like a thrill of discovery to like uh kind of rules heavier systems or tactical systems where you can you know you have that moment where like oh my god i can combo these two things but then you have to like go online and be like do these two things actually combo the this game just tells you right they're like yes we specifically wanted you to be able to like shoot someone from six away and then because they're six away deal extra damage with this other thing like absolutely 100 percent. that's what we intended so we've got what like 10 12 forms we said earlier something like yeah, that 12 yeah. forms blaster hits multiple targets control those controly things that kind of obvious shadow form all right. Oh, okay. This is why there's a bunch of dice here. Yep. Yes. <laughs> and I have to pair each of these with one of my styles. Yep. Uh, yeah. Pick or not pick each three of, of those. Yeah. Pick three of yeah. them and, and pair them with your style. Uh, Volcanic was the one with the extra speed tokens, right? Right. I wanted to move a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So dance form not necessarily the best. What do iron tokens do? Uh, they help reduce incoming damage. You're targeted by an enemy's action. You may spend iron tokens. Pre iron token spent, that action deals one less total damage to you and moves you one less total space than it otherwise would have. Cool. Let's combo that with... Let's combo that with Inferno. 
So I can do an Iron Inferno. Because uh, that lets me take less damage from... That'll let me take less damage from enemies while still getting myself all the burning co- tokens that's going to damage me anyways, right? It gives you armor, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, you have armor. So I take reduce all damage I take by one to a minimum of zero. And then yeah. it also lets me gain iron tokens to reduce the damage and distance I would be moved around. Yeah. Uh, so comboing that with Inferno style, which is putting all sorts of damage stuff on me. Yeah, there you go. I, uh, means I'm going to take less damage with those two, or with that. Power tokens when you de-damage with a hit, you may spend a power token to increase that damage for one. Power tokens are the opposite of iron tokens. Got it. What are we looking at now? A reversal form. Nice. Which lets you teleport. Also gives you armor. Yeah. Does it actually There's... let you like interrupt stuff? Yep. Uh, gives you counterattack. Teleport within range of an enemy that dealt damage to you this turn, then spend this number of on another action. That action must target the enemy you teleported to. Nice. So it's a, a tank form. I think I'm going to combo that with explosion. <laughs> because that will let me teleport all over the place. Shadow form gets a lot of D4s. Matthew rolls a whole bunch, don't you, Matthew? Which one did you say? Power? Uh, shadow. Oh, Shadow. Yeah, Shadow, I think, is like six. Yep, 64. Yeah, I, uh, from a, from a, uh, rules nerd perspective, I, I really looked at, like, Shadow and, like, the one underdog that just gives you an additional D4. Yeah. <laughs> That's only if your HP is six or less, though. Sure. But yeah, there's a lot of them that just like, hey, what's your hit points? Well, here's some more actions based on how how low your hit points are, or here's a, here's a token you get just because of your build. So I do like that a lot, too. So question. Yes. Is there any form that hasn't been used by one of the other guys? Well, uh, oh, there's going to uh, be duplicates, well. I think. I know there's going to be duplicates. Right, I'm looking sure. to see if there's one that we've missed. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, I've got Has Blast anyone, Wild and Zen. Anyone taken Song? Uh, I have not. I don't think anybody else has either, although I don't know what uh, Dr. Will took. I, uh, thanks, someone. Uh, Matthew, one of yours is Vigilance, right? Yes. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Is Rob uh, taking all of my stances? No, he's 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 specifically I'm, trying to get a stance that nobody else has. So I got. Does anyone have control? I feel like that's kind of the. I don't, I don't have control. No. De facto, nope. Rob form. Gosh, you. <laughs> I I have vigilance, power, and shadow. If 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 I had started from a rules side of things, if I'd read through the book first, I would have definitely made a controller because this game sounds like that could actually be fun as opposed to terrible for everyone involved <laughs> but i love playing controllers okay everybody involved except for rob <laughs> uh i'm gonna Which go with part of the song. Rob. shush 
I am not a griefer. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Phoenix Song. Okay. Uh, for the extra X-Men limited series back in the back. Yeah. Uh, mostly it's, if I go to Phoenix style in song form, I'm going to be, it, it's the oh shit button, uh, and we're healing everybody as much as possible. <laughs> the desperation form. Yes. Okay. So... Uh, got my flame tongue archetype, uh, scheming build, uh, Phoenix style with song form, explosion style with a reversal form, and inferno style with iron form. Is there any other mechanical aspect to character creation that we need to go through? Skills. 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 So each of your forms has one skill listed. Uh, you can swap out one of those with any other skill. You don't like one of them. I'm okay with all three of these skills. Okay. And then you create a force skill as basically their general concept of two different words. Uh... <laughs> That's one word. But right, so I want to try. Tell me what theirs is. <laughs> try. Oh, sure. Uh, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Zen janitor. Yeah, I'm a mer- mercurial slicer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm a lycanthropic adolescent. (laughs) (laughs) That's Latin for something really funny. Mm. I'm a hyphenate, so over-the-hill superhero. Over-the-hill being one word. Right. (laughs) That's Latin. Like that's right. like it's it's a it's a multi hyphenate. That's more powerful the more hyphens you have. Yeah, I think I found a typo or some a general error. In the, yeah, yeah. And like one of my one of my abilities, the deadly dance ability, which I think is with the uh, lightning style on page one hundred six. It, it can be a two or a five or an eight, but the entry for eight is exactly the same as the entry for five, and I would. I would anticipate that it would be something more exciting than that. But anyway, I'm just telling you that. And I'll just. On the war form? Yeah. War dancer style? Yeah. On the lightning style. Lightning style for the war dancer. Yeah. Uh, The lightning style. Basically, if you spend an eight, what happens is you teleport two spaces, deal one damage to an enemy within range. Then teleport two spaces, deal two damage to an enemy within range. it's, It's cumulative. Yes. Then teleport two spaces and deal two damage to an enemy within range. Okay. The other so they didn't have those thens in there. So so I've got another one like rushdown has the then the word then after the plus sign, uh, and so right. this one doesn't have those thens in there. So I was not assuming that, but I, I like I like assuming that that's a, that there are thens in there. Okay, I can do that. It's not Ryan, a really uh, unintentionally. You're not using a prepackaged game for this, are you? No. Okay. Because I forget where I found it. Uh, Karate Hotfoot Dojo Adventure uh, is a file that I must have gotten off of one of the developer websites or something because I can't find it at DriveThruRPG. But it's really kind of cool and I I might um, put a link in the show notes for everybody to go check out because it has... It's a pre, it's a pre-gen game. And so in addition to 
going through how to play and all the basic actions. It also includes not Regents. necessarily character sheets, but it does have something that is a kind of a character sheet, like the ones that, that I made uh, for this game. And it also includes how do you track your shield values and your, your tokens and that kind of stuff. Uh, one other thing you need to note there, Rob, uh, if you haven't already, is uh, since you are a focused flame tongue, you also get the focused flame tongue ability. So now whenever you, you do damage to an enemy with an action, give that enemy one burning token. Yep. Yeah. That one I no do. No matter which stance. Yep. So you get to do that in addition to placing your trap no matter what stance you're in. I need a second word. <laughs> what what's your occupation? It's, yeah, like what's the concept? Uh Yeah, so, so occupation will be right? high school student scheming so. student. Scheming student, right? Well, I was going to play with a uh like airsoft uh, fanatic type character and that's why oh. I've got all the doing all the stuff. Scheming bro. Uh, I was going to go with uh, bro. I so like one, that. I'm going to flavor all of my burning stuff as freezing, if that's all right. Yeah. Cool. So it's going to be cryo-fanatic. Uh, Douchebag. None of you guys like Airsoft. <laughs> cryo, cryo-fanatic is fine. Cryo-fanatic is only one word. Exactly. It's a hyphenate. All right. Well, what what is uh, like pick pick from the uh, standard array for kids, right? Nerd, jock, freak, uh, geek, geek, zoom dweeby, neo maxi zoom dweeby. That's also Goth. a hyphenate. Cry. I think cryo fascist uh, neo maxi zoom dweeby works. Do not do that. What wasn't planning on it. Uh, uh, pizza boy. Wait, you have ice powers, right? And you're a teenager. Yeah, Joe Cool. I mean, I can roll with that for a name. Uh, Net- Netflix and chill. Oh, wait, that's, that's <laughs> uh, I say cryophonetic. What kind of teen are you? Are you like a? Like a cool teen or no. a disaffected teen? Are you a stoner teen? You could be stoned cold. <sighs> uh, so I'm going with like uh, the nerdy, like way too focused on this one okay. hobby type. I, I, I put put your hyphen on the other word and go abominable snow urkel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice to see you. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> oh no! This is what you want to allow, guys. We have a game to play. <laughs> why? Why did you give away my entire plan? Cool it. <laughs> Chill out. I already got to walk around an entire convention doing that for a weekend. Get to the snow chopper. Yeah, I like abominable snow urkel. It's not a tumor. Uh, is there anything else that I would need to do? That should generally be it. Do you have a name? Okay. 
Yeah, I guess you should need a name. Also, maybe find something. I think Arnold represent. is probably a good name to to go with as a first name. Now you just need to find out the last one. Arnold. Yeah, it's kind of a nerdy name, right? Why Arnold? Arnold Nerdlinger. Ar- <laughs> Arnold Jaleel. Arnold Poindexter. <laughs> Arnold P. Jaleel. There you go. <laughs> Arnold P. Sonic Voice. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's yeah. We'll go with that for the name. Uh, assuming I spelled this correctly. It's your name. You spelled it however you spelled it. Uh, no, it's like this. J A. <laughs> I did not realize that Rodrigo was an Urkel purist. I mean, that was right when I got to the United States. So, unfortunately, I had to cleanse a lot of that from my vocabulary because I just thought that's how people talked. Right. And it is. That's how we talk. <laughs> <laughs> people i love the fact what else, that even what that else is funniest when no one can see it <laughs> what else do we know of, need to know about this game brian <laughs> i think that's uh kind of the whole gist of it i still don't have head points no so no. here's the thing seriously so there are uh what four different types of battles that you can go in if i'm if i remember correctly somebody help me here uh, I think at least five. Let's see. Okay, so maybe there's five. So you get to go up against like dorks is like your first your first group. Featherweight, sorry, featherweight. It's a featherweight fight, yes. And but so wait. in a featherweight fight, you end up with like four six. Oh, six. Six hit points. I thought there was one that was like four for some reason. Um, no. So run through run through them, Brian, because you're obviously on the page that I'm not on. Yep. Uh so there's the featherweight, the lightweight, the middleweight, the heavyweight, and weight of the world. So <laughs> Depending on, you know, how much uh, story significance that particular combat has, it's going to be a longer, more drag-out fight. Featherweight, uh, everyone has uh, six hit points, including the baddies. Uh, heal value is two, so whenever it says you heal, that's how much you'd heal by. There's no uh, bonuses or penalties or other complications. Uh, lightweight is uh, for still quicker fights, but with a little bit more weight to it. Uh, everyone has nine hit points and he'll value is two. Uh, each hero starts with uh, plus two max HP or some other bonuses, but I think we're going to be sticking with the default bonus for a moment. And uh, there's middleweight fights where everyone has 12 hit points and he'll value uh, jumps up to three. Uh, this uh, everyone, all the heroes again start with two max HP and they can forgo that for other options. There's a heavyweight where 14 hit point health bars. Heal value is four. And the uh, boost to hit points also. Uh, the world weight fight, everyone has 16 hit points and heal value is four. At the start of fight, each hero picks one bonus or one penalty. If they pick a bonus, it applies to them and only them. If they pick a penalty, it uh, applies to a single enemy of their choice. The director also picks one bonus or one penalty. If they pick a bonus, yeah, it Applies to an enemy if uh, or a penalty it goes to a hero. So if you miss that part, uh, instead of a GM, they are called a what, director. Director. So Brian is going to be our director for these next couple of games. Uh, okay, so how we have spent. I know it's a shorter episode this week. Um, 
in, in this character creation stuff, but I think that it kind of helps people out in kind of just figuring out how this game works. I don't know, Rodrigo, I know you've probably spent a lot of time um, reading through the manual. I read all the way up into the creating enemies part because that part of the book is more for the the director. Um, but I kind of, I kind of dig how this character creation, I mean, once you get through the, the, you know, just the wall of text that you have to get through character creation is pretty simple. I think. Yeah, definitely. Once you, um, once you know what you're looking for, maybe after you've played one game of this character creation becomes very easy. Yeah. 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 You know what it felt like to me? And I don't mean this to be terrible. It's like when you go and you download a recipe and the recipe starts with a personal story about why the recipe is meaningful. That, and then you get to them the trying to get the SEO information. Well, sure. And I understand <laughs> that, but I feel like that's the way this book is set up too, because it's, it's basically engaging you in kind of the meta. It's, it's trying to explain to you, these are yeah. the things we want to do. And here's the breakdown of it. And then we get to the meat and potatoes of how to actually make your lasagna. Don't put potatoes in your lasagna. I think, I think if I were to reorganize this book, I would have put up, Here's a, a, here's what the game is. Here's a quick sample play. Now let's you create your character. And as we create your character, we'll be talking about your build, your stances, your skills, and your forms. And I think that would have, I think that would have been a better way to organize the book. And then if you need to have a block of, of, um, you know, glossary terms. I, I don't mind that because I did find that very useful too. Cause I was like, okay, what are they talking about with action? And so you can just go to this section where it's got this quick look goss- glossary that just runs through everything. Uh, gaming or RPG book layout is definitely an ongoing topic that oh, continues yeah. to change and evolve um, as, as new people get into it and, and games are created. Yeah. Like it's seriously, you know, kind of really its own discipline. When we were doing um, Shadow of the Demon Lord, I was going back and forth with Brad because the layout of the book just was confusing me all the heck. And Brad's like, no, no, read it this way. And when you read it this way, then it's like, oh, yeah, okay, now that makes sense. But the way I was reading it, it was just like, what are they talking about? So, yeah, I think, uh, I, I don't know if I've read, I don't know if I've read a manual that is just like super easy to jump into. You know, that's just like, oh, this makes perfect sense from someone that doesn't know anything about this game. So anyway, uh, the next thing that now that we have all of our characters created, uh, I think in the next uh, episode, Brian, don't we have our characters debut on the scene? That is correct. All right. Well, listeners, you're going to have to tune in next week and find out how our characters debut. Uh, We know at least one character's name. We're going to get the rest of the characters names next time. Or you could be listening to that episode right now if if you're a, a patron. And you can go over to patreon.com slash major spoilers. We certainly appreciate all of your help as we uh, as we build up these shows, all of these all decade plus now is what it feels like. I think it's been a decade. And we certainly enjoy bringing these shows to you each and every week. And I understand there are many of you out there who just financially cannot afford to become a patron right now. But if you can afford a dollar, two dollars, five dollars a month, uh, then please consider uh, signing up at patreon.com slash major spoilers. Honestly, I think the $5 one is probably your best bet. We certainly have a uh, best bet value. I, we certainly have a number of people who support us at higher levels than that. And of course, they get things like t-shirts and original art and all these other things. But uh, if you can really support us, we could really use your help so we can make sure that this show continues far, far, far into the future. 
So until next time, here's hoping all of your dice rolls are critical hits. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.